Welcome into the Fireside Knicks podcast. My name is Bryce Gelman, and as always, I'm joined by Brett Hampling. Following, oh, what a what a great game! This was, I mean, this was a much needed win for the Knicks. They win 106 to 103 in Denver. Their first win in Denver since 2006. What are your reactions, boy, Bryce? So it's paint the picture. It's Thursday at noon right now. So we've had. You know, some time away from the game, but if we were recording this right after last night, I would have been jacked up because this was, you know, borderline a must-win game versus a team without the player in the borderline. That's a um, that was a must-win game. Down ten in the fourth quarter. Um, haven't won in Denver since two thousand and six. All these things going, and they come back and pull off the win. I'm still, you know, I've come down just a little bit because, you know, like last night at 1230, I was jumping around, um, but I must needed a win. And, and I feel better about the direction of the season than I did after the OKC game on Sunday. Yeah, Brett, it, it was quite improbable for them to come back from that deficit, considering the fact that RJ Barrett had one of his worst games all year. But there have been so many worst games of this year for him. And, you know, I know Tom Thibodeau, he benched him finally in the fourth quarter. And I know you had a pretty strong opinion about that. Uh, Listen, Bryce, my blood pressure yesterday, it's almost never gotten higher um, about a specific coaching decision than this. RJ Barrett looked not bad. He looked awful from the start of the game. I think he had two shots in the first minute, um, kind of forcing things. None of them were terrible shots, but he was just off. He was a little slow. Apparently, they said he was sick, and he didn't have it. And I assume that Thibodeau was going to go to the bench with Quickly, um, you know, play Rose a little more, maybe Grimes, maybe even Fournier. Uh, But he stuck with RJ. To me, it really made no sense. He was off. And not just that he was off. He still was shooting. Like, there was a point where he, he was, I think, like two for 14 two for 10, two for 12, something like that. And he had the most shots on the team. He played the most minutes on the game at a point. I think Randall ended up passing him. Um, He finished four for 18. He was awful. And it it just didn't make sense. Like, we need to win this game. He doesn't look good. Apparently he's sick. Tibbs, are you watching the game? I couldn't believe it. I really felt like the first think I just think it's slightly hypocritical because after the the OKC game on on Sunday – RJ was benched for basically the entire second half. He was having a terrible game, and fans got all over him. They were like, yeah. why Why did you make this decision? So then when he decides to leave RJ in and not take him out until the fourth quarter, fans jump all over him. And listen, I'm not by any means a proponent of what Tom Thibodeau has been doing as head coach of the New York Knicks, but I'm just playing devil devil's advocate here because I think it's like – it's come on. Like well, okay. at this point – well, here's the thing. It, now it's a culmination of bad games. So he was 2 for 10 in that game you're talking about in OKC. He was 5 for 18 in Utah. And then he was 4 for 18 in last night. He's 11 for his last 46. Good math, Brett. Um, it was a culmination that he does not look good this week. He might be he sick. He doesn't look good this year. I hope he's sick. I, mean, I, I really hope he's sick. I hope he has the flu. Uh, yeah, if yeah. not, this is concerning. I, he looks slow. It, it doesn't seem like he's had the flu for an entire month because he's only had five of his 15 games shooting over 50% from the field, which is like tragic. That's disgusting. And and it's hard to 
to stomach when it's your, I mean, going into this year, it was your best player besides Brunson. I think Brunson has kind of taken that mantle, but it was the guy who you wouldn't trade in the Donovan Mitchell trade. And look what Mitchell's doing. And RJ is one of the most inconsistent players in the league and getting put on blast almost every single time that he has a terrible game. Of course he plays in New York, but people don't like RJ in the first place. He's gotten disrespected on almost every single list. You know, the, the, the top, 50 players under 25, the, the top 100 players in the league. He just gets disrespected constantly. I thought he'd come out with a vengeance this year, looking to prove something, and it's it's not been the case. Yeah, I mean, listen, I don't want to go too much, but um, he looks slow, so he's not getting separation. Then he's forcing things at the rim when there is no separation. Um, and that those he, two he things should be able to finish that. He should be able to He's a bigger body than most of the guys ever guarding him. So he's just not been able to finish in contact as well as he has been in the past, Brett. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. But um, on the flip side, I do want to talk about some good things. Like you said, uh, Jalen Brunson was great. He was the leader of this team in the first half when they really needed it. Um, I just lost his stats. Do you have his stats? He was – Yes, uh, I do. Brunson, 7 to 13, 21 points, points. Yeah. 7 assists, 5 rebounds. Pretty good defense, actually. Um, at least he was playing hard. There was a real urgency, I could tell from him. Like, you know, they brought me in. I'm supposed to be a leader on this team. Like, let's play hard. Um, yeah. Also back in uh, in Utah, he came out, took a couple charges. He's not the best defender, um, but I see he's trying to take more charges. He's trying to he's trying to end the passing lanes more. Um, so Brunson was great. Hit a couple, a three going. Was that two nights ago? That was two nights ago where he hit a three going into the half. But um, he was just really good down the stretch. Stretch, and then Julius Randle. We have to talk about it. One of we his got it because, probably yeah, his best game of the season. Signature game this year. Thirty-four Definitely. points, eleven rebounds, eleven of twenty-one from the field. Looks like he gave a shit on defense, which yeah. I don't. I don't know if they put that in the stat book, but it looked like he actually cared. Um, you know, some people are saying his best game as a Nick. I think that's probably some recency that's bias. A, that's there. a stretch. That's a stretch. But he, I'm sure he like had he a better game, cared, and he was active on D and. That is the, you know, the most positive sign coming from the game that Julius Randle looks like he cared and had a good game and shot the well, ball. Brett, Brett, it just shows you what kind of role that he has on this team. And I've been saying this since last year that when Julius Randle performs at a high level, his teammates usually follow. I mean, we look back to the 2020-2021 season, and that was the catalyst for success. That year, he, when he played hard, the rest of the team followed. And that's just always been the case since he joined the Knicks in 2019. So right now for me, I, I, I see a guy who game in, game out does not look the same. And I truly hope that the the players dinner, the players only dinner that they had on Monday night where they watched Monday night football is going to light a fire under his ass. Because if it does then this team could actually go somewhere and can be something. But it, it all stems from what Julius Randle does. And hey, maybe if he continues this, maybe if he continues this up, they could trade him. Get his trade value up and then get him out of here while everyone thinks he's great. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's just it's not it's not a, a recipe for success. And I'm gonna come back to this. Trust me, they're gonna need a players only dinner every week. Fine. <laughs> like it's like it's like it. how is that how is that what he needed? to perform at that level. And it's not like he doesn't play hard all the time. He's usually like hustling, but it's like, well, he was under control and there's a difference between when he plays recklessly hard and when he plays under control hard. And 
again, like you look at the play that he made with, with like two and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. He dove for the ball, dished it to Brunson. Brunson finished with a dunk. Jalen Brunson dunked in a game. I know. Caught me. And that was all because of Julius Randle's hustle. And without, yeah. without his performance tonight, the Knicks lose by a lot. Yeah, I think that that Julius Randle hustle energy lifted Jalen Brunson probably two to three inches higher than he could jump. Agreed. It's like when it's like when moms like lift a car with their their babies under or something like that. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, 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 I'm gonna say there's a chance that there's a chance that Ron, that Julius can sort of put some consistency together, be the leader of this team, not. It's not going to be the guy he was two years ago because there was a level of flukiness in that, 100%. But I'm going to say there's a chance, maybe a higher chance than you would say, that he can establish this rhythm. Um, you said he plays hard. I, I, he looks like he plays hard, but a lot of times it's like – it's just like too much cheating. It's too much laziness. And it's like – it's not like – I used to do it when I was kind of younger. Like you find little ways to like take off and cheat that doesn't look like you're not playing hard – but you kind of just sometimes walking around the court, you point another guy to pick up your guy. Like it's a switch, but like, no, we weren't supposed to switch there. Like fight over the screen. It's yeah. a little things like that. And he actually did a little of those lazy things yesterday. Um, but towards it the second half, to him. But towards the half he, he played harder, which sticks in people's minds. Um, so listen, I don't think the Knicks are trading him. I just don't see it happening. Um, so we're going to be talking about him all season. And it might be a roller coaster. And that's the thing about being a Nick fan. That's the thing about podcasting. That's the thing about caring about these teams that, that you know, take us on these rides. Um, but another player that we haven't talked about much this season, I don't think we've talked about it at all, that I want to mention is Jericho Sims. Because yeah. with Mitch out, um, he's played a bunch the last two games. And he's looked really good. Um, a super live body chiseled from the gods so raw he's the most raw basketball player i've seen in years yeah but 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 you don't raw raw basketball players could grab rebounds raw basketball players could throw down they can, alley -oops. They can. raw they basketball can. players could get in the passing lanes and that's what he was doing he's super long super chiseled jumps really quick not just high people think jumping high is that important jumps really quick um gave us some really good minutes yesterday and in utah specifically in the first half i guess Tibbs doesn't trust him enough in the second half. So he's played more in the first half, both games. But um, I'm really he's clearly their defensive option when they need it. When Mitch is out, like he's going to be the guy that they that they rely on in the, in the clutch moments. They put him in with 30 seconds last night. I mean, you could you could yeah. you could tell that Tibbs obviously trusts him to a certain extent defensively. And like you said, he could grab rebounds. Like he's he's been a solid player. But I'm I'm gonna let's talk about two other guys that I think played an an incredible role last night. May not really show it on the stat sheet, but Cam Reddish and Quickly. Quickly has been the Knicks' best defender this year. I think that that is. Yeah. Can you? I mean, that like defensive possession that he made on that last play on on uh, Jamal Murray. Murray was. I mean, he he's pestering, and and that's exactly the 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 type of intensity that this team needs from him going forward. He's. He, the spark that he provides both on offense and defense when he comes off the bench is just unlike any guy that I've seen on the Knicks in years. Like you really like can't find a guy. I mean, like in terms of like a spark, probably like Steve Novak, like in, in, in a different way, like Novak coming off the bench, hitting two threes. Like that's a huge boost quickly coming in, getting some stops, 
feeding some lobs to Obi. That's a different type of boost. And it's the same, you know, sort of uh, excitement that you need, especially on, on any given basis. Yeah. I listen, I'm love quickly. I love Emmanuel quickly um, playing great defense, 538 numbers, which is like a analytical yeah, site yeah. has him as the best defensive guard in the NBA right now. Listen, anal- analytics are tougher for defense. There's not as many concrete stats, but it, He's a good defensive player. He gave Jamal Murray no space on that that play. Literally no space. Jamal Murray, who has good handle, has a great sort of step back into different types of shots. No space. Chunked it off the backboard. Um, And the thing is, he's not shooting the ball well, actually. It's his worst shooting season of of his career so far. He's shooting 30% from three. Yeah, he's finding other ways to be impactful, which is huge. Just think about when he finds his shot, Brett. Yeah. Like what could what could happen for his confidence? And and let's let's talk about Reddish because Reddish played the most minutes all night last night. He played 37 minutes. And I don't think anyone could have wow. expected going through the season that he'd that. be playing over Fournier, he'd be playing over Grimes. Grimes is a different story, and I'm pretty irate about that. But I think tonight, today, we're gonna stay positive about last night. But Reddish, the the, the highest plus minus on the team, a plus 13. He I mean, he's the Knicks' best wing defender right now. I mean, quick. You could say quickly. It's probably quickly, and then and then Reddish. Uh, but but Reddish has really found a role with this team because now he's playing with a level of intensity that isn't just like sitting back shooting threes. He's getting to the basket. He's using his length to finish in contact, and it's something that has kind of like. There's always been this question with Reddish is like. Where do where is where does his potential lie in terms of like areas of his game? And I think that he's found a, a level that you know puts him above the competition. Like he's so long, like get to the basket, finish over guys that are way shorter than you, and you you know you have an advantage. And he's taking that in stride. Yeah, I, listen, I said this earlier. Uh, might have been the first pod we did the season. I did not think Reddish was going to be a player for this team. I was kind of fully off the bandwagon on him and he's proven me totally wrong. He is super long. Um, he's getting into the lanes with his long steps, his Euro steps, um, nice and slow, which I like uses his long body. Exactly. Uh, and he's good body That's control. Cool. Like he can hang with people. He could take the, take the contact and lay it off the rim. Um, good finishing around the hoop gets into the passing lanes. Him also gives a shit on defense. He cares. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, think I said that last year. I mean, sometimes things just click where you realize, hey, if this doesn't work out, I might not be on another NBA team. And sometimes that's what it takes. And he's fighting for playing time and he's getting I did not even realize he led the team in minutes last night. But by far, by five minutes. He played five minutes. I mean, I, I, I get it because it's like, you know, RJ would have probably eaten into some of those minutes, but they played the majority of those together. No, he... So he clearly, clearly, Dibs trusts him to a level that again, like not, I don't think any of us expected. Like I thought there, like he Davis would be finding any excuse to not play the guy, but you got to give credit where credit is due. And Davis is clearly giving him that credit right now. So, I mean, going forward this game, it, it should mean a lot to this team. And, and you saw how excited they were following that win. Randall, like catching the miss and, you know, slamming the ball. Like he obviously excited about, I, they got to listen. They got to finish this road trip uh, off smoothly because two wins against two teams who were undefeated at home is is a big, big feat. And they can't lose sight of what's in front of them, and that's hey, we're going to try to make the playoffs. But hopefully, I, there, there's listen. There's a part of me that 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 hopes that they lose 
the next couple of games on this road trip. So Dibs can be gone and then they can give the reins to Johnny Bryant. Uh, you can't just throw that in as a side piece at the end of this podcast because that's a whole thing that we get can get into. But I'm only listen. I'm uh, I'm just trying to stir the pot. But that's going to be something that, that we're going to talk. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that going. Let's forward. revisit that after this road trip because listen, if they beat Phoenix or Golden State, we're kind of cruising. If they lose to Phoenix, Golden State, and Oklahoma City, even yeah, though we had two great wins, that that'll just be a sour note on this trip, and then then we could talk. Yeah, but I I just wanted to throw it out there. All right, you got anything else uh, to add from this game? No, um, I. This is one of those things where I feel good right now. By the next time we pod, it could be a whole other level because it could be. Golden State needs a fucking win. They Steph just scored fifty last night and lost. Phoenix, who just beat Golden State, is looking really good right now. And then we'll play OKC versus Shea Gilgis Alexander, who's the best player in the league. Who's incredible. So, He's so good. So things could change. That, way. Uh, well, so rough. I wish yeah, they got him. He he was available, or uh, he, was. Say, he was. He was. He was available. He was. Who knows? He, Who knows? But yeah, I don't know. Uh, I feel good. We'll see what happens in a week, Bryce. All right. Well, you know how it works as Knicks fans. You never know. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Fireside Knicks. Bryce Gelman, Brett Hamfling. We'll catch you next time. Go Knicks.